I'm Paul. I forgot my name. This is a podcast which <laughs> Chili Brands look at pop culture cornerstones from their childhood and decide if they're good enough to be shared with the next generation of nerds. Hi, Paul. Hi. Do you have a bad synopsis for us? I do. Here we go. This is, uh, we are talking about a group of friends who develop a lucrative business by skirting underage labor laws and <laughs> minimum wage. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, motherfuckers, we're talking about Babysitter's Club. Yep. It's a series of novels written by Anna Martin, published by Oh, but Celeste. it's so much more than that, Beth. So much more. <laughs> written between 86 and 2000, they have sold over 176 million copies. Yep. Do you want to know how many books were in the original series? So, original series... <sighs> for, for, 84. Like, ah! Uh, from 86 to 99, the original series has 131 books. Holy crap. And then... In between, in addition to the original ones, there's, in that same time period, 15 super specials, 36 mysteries, three reader's requests, six portrait editions, 12 forever friends books. I didn't read any of those. No. And then there's new graphic (laughs) novels now in the 2000s. Yes. Um, Hey, Paul, tell me all about your experience of Babysitter's Club as a kid. You're laughing, but I had some experience with Babysitter's Club. Probably more than me. Let's hear it. Because, here's the reason why. I was an antisocial. I mean, I'm still antisocial, but I was more antisocial when I was a kid, and I read everything, and my sister is older than I am, and there were Babysitter's Club's books in the house, so when I inevitably ran out of something to read, I read anything that was in the house, including... Babysitter's Club. So I have read like a bunch of these. I have not read 131 of them. It's excessive. Or whatever it was. 131. Nonsense. Uh, But I have read quite a few. And uh, yes, I have some experience with Babysitter's Club. Importantly, were you ever a babysitter? Oh, yeah. I was definitely a babysitter. Did you like it? You're like, you should see her face right now. (laughs) I'm not surprised that you were a babysitter. Best best face says people trusted you with their children. No, no, no. That's not what I was going to say at all. That's what I say about me. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul is great with kids. (laughs) Uh, Kids really like Paul. I don't know why. We're a delight. Okay. We're a delight. Uh, yeah. No, I was always shocked that people left me with their children. <laughs> <laughs> I was and a babysitter. I, was... I babysit more than a little bit, actually. Oh, I hated it, and I was very vocal about not liking it. <laughs> and yet I was forced because I have a vagina. Uh, Obviously, yeah, that true. must mean that must mean I like uh-huh. children. Uh huh. You I mean, have I to. Like, I like mine. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but those were very. You know, I, I made those ones on purpose. Like, yeah. Did you have any experience with these books? So I did. I read them. Much like you, I had an older sister who was a reader. And so there was a big old, but my sister was eight years older than me and probably like me started reading Stephen King books far too early. But there was a collection of old, dusty, Sweet Valley High and also Babysitter's Club's, you know, books in that collection. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely read a couple of them before I abandoned them for Stephen King, but I I definitely remember some. And when I looked at the covers and stuff to pick the ones to read for my reread, I recognized some, and those were the ones that I picked then. Yeah. So yeah, so I did read some of them, but I I didn't have like this incredible fondness. I never sought them out, but they were around. So yeah, that's why I a plug for uh, parents. Please have ample 
variety of reading material available in your home. Because if you have a kid like me or Beth, Mm -hmm. who's going to read whatever's there, like you just get whatever. Like, I mean, I read, I legit read the encyclopedia because it was the thing that was in my house to read. There were books. Don't get me wrong. There were books in my house, but like not enough. Yeah, take y'all take your kids to the library. It's free. (laughs) It's free. We did the library thing. The library is popular in my house, but not enough. Not for me. And and someone who knows more about books will help your kids at the library. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you can get help. Their whole ass job. Like, you should do that. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was my experience. So before we move on, I have two things. That I, two, okay, let's two hear it. points of order. Points of order. Point of order number one. I owe Martin Short an apology. <laughs> oh, you do? You got in trouble. <laughs> because I said last time we were doing Three Amigos, and I was like, whatever happened to Martin Short or something like that? And the truth is that he is still as funny as ever. And I've been watching Only Murders in the Building, which came out recently. And you literally texted me about it before the episode that I need to watch this show, and then both yes. of us forgot about it. When yes. we did the episode. So Martin Short, Steve Martin, and I can't remember the... Uh, Selena Gomez? No, Selena no. Gomez? Yeah. Yeah. This is a knowable thing. I think it's her. It, and it is it is good. It's a fun show. I enjoy it a lot. Steve Martin and Martin Short are delightful and... They are great. And, and great. So, and I... Uh, Steve Martin plays the concertina. There's Hardy Boy references. It's just a whole good thing. So yeah, I owe Martin Short an apology. Sorry, Martin Short. And then second thing is, I just want to say, Gomez, I was right. Yeah, there you go. Hey, at the beginning of the show of our show, if you enjoy this show that we're making, we have a Patreon. We do. And we we do fun things. So if you don't make it to the end, I want to say that. But also, even if you don't want to be part of our Patreon, you don't want to like give us money for talking, then tell a friend. Tell one of your friends to go like, hey, check out this cool show with these people I know because it'd be really cool. We I don't know how much we actually ever say that. Like, just tell your friend. Tell you because yeah, like, and, tell your and friend if you have two listen. seconds, leave us a review because that helps people to find us. And so that would be nice too. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time. <laughs> We have a lot of fun. We have so much fun, but it we want to share the fun. Yes, we do. With the people. That's my two things. That's my two things. Before we move on with the the test portion of this episode. Patreon.com slash nerdcanon. You didn't Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of fun, Mm -hmm. you want to do two trivias and a lie? Every week I have to take a quiz. Go for it. (laughs) Uh, okay, the artist who painted the covers also painted the covers for the Boxcar Children. Young uh-huh. adult author David Levithan was a 19-year-old intern at Scholastic and was responsible for the Babysitter's Club Bible, which was a guide to consistency for ghostwriters. Martin wrote <laughs> <laughs> Martin wrote all the books. What? Okay, you keep going. To... Sorry. Now keep going. Anna Martin wrote all the books by hand and used a barrel black beauty pencil. What the fuck is this, Beth? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit. Ann Martin used a black beauty pencil? Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? A barrel black beauty pencil. I don't even know. What the, what does barrel mean? It's the brand. Context? B-E-R-O-L. Oh, barrel. Oh, 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 okay. Black beauty pencil. Well, that's fine. Ann Martin seems like that kind of person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that one. Then it, David Levithan. What? Wrote Ladies and gents, bullshit? go read Wide Awake or Boy, Meet, Boy Meets Boy. If you know oh, I love David it. Levithan yes, is. he's great. He's got he's a million so good great. books. I, those, I shouldn't single those out. He's got Every Day. Is that the poetry one with the, the words in the dictionary with order? The words. Oh, that's <laughs> Lover's Dictionary. Oh, the Lover's Dictionary. That mm-hmm. Yes, I like, yeah. yes, I like that one very much. We love David Levithan. 
Yeah. Also, once he responded to a review of his book that I wrote, so we're obviously best friends. Okay. <laughs> and then I, so here's my problem. Let's hear it. I don't want to believe the second one because I don't want the stink of this to be on David Levithan. <laughs> I, but the problem is like the first one sounds almost too true. Like I feel like Beth made that one up and it sounds too right. They're too formulaic. Artwork. Beth's trying to cover her face. <laughs> so, like, that was too no, believable. I think I got to go at number one because it's okay. too believable. As an aside, I don't look at your dumb face when we do this part. <laughs> and then I just realize that this is not like, like, I can see you, so you can't see me rules. And that's why. <laughs> I was I was looking off over here in the corner. I was trying not to look at you. Uh, you're fucking wrong. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> so that is true. And the artist also used Kirsten Dunst as a model for Claudia in the Phantom phone call. So there you go. Oh, wow. Okay. And David Levithan. I have more on this. Um, so they this was to keep consistency because after 35 books. Anna Martin obviously needed elves because there was like a book a month coming out. Mm-hmm. So, like every one of these series that we've done, correct. Is, yeah. So the Bible was overseen by Levithan. He was 19 years old at the time. He then goes on to become Scholastic's editorial director. <laughs> and yep, and the quote from him about this, about this job was I was the guy in the subway not only reading Babysitter's Club I was reading it with highlighters to keep track of who spoke French who had green eyes and so on <laughs> so there's that oh my um, god that's then, terrible yep so and the boxcar children thing is true so I made up the blit barrel black beauty pencil and if anyone out there listening knows what story I stole that from by Stephen King and you tell oh, me on Twitter, no. you, you tell me without a goog and you find me on Twitter and tell me I will send you a nerd cannon button to your house. Nice. nice. So yes, there is a Stephen King story in which somebody only uses barrel black beauty pencils. So I pulled that half out of my butt and half out of Stephen King's butt. <laughs> <laughs> Martin did write them all on yellow legal pads. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, Um, and you didn't want the John Green stink or the David Levithan stink, and also you were saying that you read every book. So no, I wanted I did not read no way. No, 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 no. You I read said. every book that you came in contact. You read a ton of books, is what you said. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would like to read to to you all um, a little bit because we also really like John Green as a young adult author, and he talked about how much he liked the Babysitters Club, and I want to share yeah. this with you. What the hell? So he had said that when he was around ten, he was over the Hardy Boys because mm-hmm. they were vapid and preppy. And this is a direct quote: "The Hardy Boys were never lonely or inexplicably sad. They got scared sometimes, but only because the cave was dark. Every ten-year-old <laughs> worth his or her salt knows that caves aren't nearly as terrifying as people." So then he read Babysitters Club books, and he like fell in love. He was in love with Stacy. Because she got into the kind of trouble that one does not find in caves. And, you know, he said, to quote Faulkner, for me, at least, Stacy's griefs grieved on universal bones. Wow, that seems like way too deep for Way too deep Sitter's for Babysitter's Club. Club. But because the rest of this is going to be me swearing about it, I thought okay. that I would share with you. I think you have a stronger opinion than I do, but I was not thrilled. So. Right. Okay, great. Um, other fun facts now. Uh, oh Claudia's mother is the head librarian at Stony Brook Public Library. Um, the new audiobooks were read by actress Elle Fanning. That's not the audiobooks that I listen to, so I will tell you about that. 
Scholastic editor Jean Fywell came up with the idea and title for Babysitter's Club and then hired Anne Martin. And that was because there was some other book that she thought was really crappy and had a really shitty cover and it was about babysitters and it did really well. And she's like, well, it's got to be something about babysitting. Anna Martin wrote her goddaughters into the books as the Perkins girls, who the babysitters babysat all the time. And I thought you would appreciate this, Paul. One of Martin's childhood desires was to find a secret passageway in her home. Yes. Okay. (laughs) But her home was only constructed like five years prior to her being a kid (laughs) by her parents. So there wasn't one, but she um, that desire inspires the ghost at Don's house. (laughs) Okay. She's redeemed. Everything's redeemed. It's a fine now. He was a teacher for like a year. And she was noted that many of her students had blended families and divorces and different backgrounds in their past. And that was part of the inspiration for kind of the different family models in the stories. Is this was this always a scholastic book then? Yeah. Yeah. Cooked up entirely by and for. Scholastic. Yeah, I get the impression that Scholastic is just like a few people in an office with like some string and tin cans. Like that's the whole business. They're just like. Oh, I've always kind of thought of it more as one of those old timey cartoon factories putting out a lot of black smoke and <laughs> mediocre books. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, I like that one. Okay. Yeah. And there's like that fast, rushy cartoon 50s music in the background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the smokestack's like bobbing yeah. up and down. Yep, 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 yep. That's exactly. <laughs> and someone's talking in that like 40s continental accent yeah babysitter's club you see <laughs> yep. one of them's gotta be okay. black you see and one of them's oh, let's okay. make a blind one like yep. yeah so okay. yeah <laughs> how was your uh how was your reread <laughs> so my reread was i went for i read the first book and then i read the first book again uh, oh and then i watched the first book oh uh, yeah so I didn't go deep into the series. That's fine. I just wanted to get an impression. But I was so I read the first book as the original book, and then I wanted to read and compare to the graphic novel. Okay, how? And yeah. then I just discovered like a couple hours ago that there's a whole Netflix series, Babysitters yes, Club. Yes. Yeah. So I watched the first episode of that. Oh, and, how was it? Yeah. I'm interested to hear how that was. Well, let's, I mean, okay, we can get into. What did you do? Uh, I read four books. I listened to two and I read two. Okay. So I read – so the one that I remembered very distinctly the cover of is Christie's Big Day. That's the one where Christie's parents get married. Mm-hmm. So I read that one and I read – my notes are kind of haphazard because they're in between other no- <laughs> notes. <laughs> I read Little Miss Stony Brook and Dawn, which is about a beauty pageant. I listened to Marianne's Makeover, and I read the Phantom, uh, Claudia and the Phantom phone calls. Okay. So I wanted to pick ones with different, because, you know, they kind of focus on different girls. Yeah. So I wanted to pick ones with different girls. Okay. Um, What were your thoughts? Uh, Christy's Big Day is the first one, right? No, Christy's Big Idea. Big Idea, Big Idea. Because she. Okay. Starts the club. She does. It's her big idea. That's she starts the idea. I do kind of wonder all the time when I think about Babysitters Club, like how many girls and maybe some boys, but it's mostly girls. That how how many have read this and then by like I'm gonna start a Babysitters Club and then try to start something like this in their community and just sort of curious 
how often that happens. I'm not going to lie. I think at the time period that these came out, it's not a bad idea the way they run it. Like, and it seems like they have kind of their staple families. It seems like a small enough community that they like kind of know, all know Mm -hmm. each other. And it does seem like a good idea. Before there were cell phones and email and stuff, you had to call and actually get somebody mm-hmm. on the phone. So, like, the idea that you know you can call every Wednesday and find a couple broads that are willing to come over and watch <laughs> your kids that you already trust, like, you right. already know them. Right. Have you ever hired – have you had outside babysitters for your dude? Yeah. Like, yeah. a handful. And it's hard but to find them, right? only people know. Never anybody right. that we didn't know. Right. There was I, that one time Beth babysat when I was like going to die or something. Paul so. called me and said, I'm going to die. Can you come watch my kid? friends. My daughter is obsessed with Paul's son. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I only one time had a babysitter that like wasn't my immediate family and it was hmm. a child that I knew. I mean, it was a teenager that I knew mm-hmm. and his family friend, but it was. Very, it's very. I find it difficult to find other people, yeah. especially like there are eligible, potentially eligible teenagers in my neighborhood, but we don't have the kind of town where I just know teenagers in my neighborhood right. <laughs> right. other than my nieces and their friends. So uh, I yeah. think this was a practical idea, especially for the '90s. I feel like I only ever babysat for like people that my parents knew, basically. Yeah, my babysitting endeavors were assigned by my parents i did not want to do it nor did i actively find anybody but oh man but there's this super awkward time when it's like the parent comes and picks you up and you have to ride in the car like i was young yes yeah and then ride back like they have to give you a ride after they've now come home and you've been babysitting and they give you a ride back to your own house i hated that gross It's true. But then no one's driving these babysitters anywhere. They walk no. everywhere. They Everything is within three houses of they them. They have it all over Stony Brook. <laughs> <laughs> Literally at one point, Marianne's like, I knew I had to get from this place to this place and it takes 15 minutes and I made sure to wear my Keds. Like that is an actual <laughs> thing that I read. Not one parent drove these children anywhere. So you also said that it's true that this is the same artist for the covers as Yes. Boxcar children. Yes, I said that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But I also think the block letter, they come up with the idea for the block letter logo in like the first book. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, so I didn't know that was like a thing it's they Claudia's talked about. Claudia's idea because she's the artist. She's the one. artist. <laughs> and so they like, hey, you could maybe make a logo for us. And she comes up with the block letter thing in the book. And I do think that that's pretty well known. Like that's a very sort of. That, Anytime you think of Babysitter's Club, that's what you think of that block letter thing. That's a hundred percent well known. I didn't know that they talked about it in the story. I didn't. I thought yeah. it was just cover design. Mm-mm. She comes up with it in the story. So, yeah. Um, what were some of the awful things you found? I want to hear the awful things you found. Oh well, okay. I don't know how awful. Oh, well, so misogyny. I took. A, I posted this on our Facebook page. So all of Claudia's phantom caller is some bullshit. <laughs> and it's some bullshit because there is a like phantom caller who's calling around and then burgling people. And oh, nice. he has, okay. he has not gotten to Sunny Brook Stony Brook 
Shady Side, whatever the fuck yet. Right. Yep. Generic town name. Yeah, he's in like you know next door town, and um, the girls are terrified that this guy is going to come and burgle them mm-hmm. while they are babysitting, and um, they decide to tell no one. No adults that they're terrified of this, but they mm-hmm. do decide to make up a very complicated code system that they can call each other so that other bitches can call the cops when they're afraid. So oh, nice. okay. that's all great. And yep. nobody can remember it. It's way too <laughs> complex. And especially the fuck Claudia can't remember it because uh-huh. Claudia has undiagnosed ADHD. So okay. that's its own thing Mm -hmm. and so they are receiving these phone calls they are all getting these prank a couple of them are getting these prank calls and claudia is getting these prank calls and the subplot is that one of these bitches i can't remember who it must be claudia has this has this boner that for this kid that she wants to ask her to the halloween hop but he doesn't know she exists and so this is this is very very tragic right I think Christy's getting the phone calls and Claudia's getting the phone calls. By the end of the book, we have now called the police to a house that we are babysitting at. We have terrified the children because Uh we now think that there's a burglar. Mm-hmm. We have terrified. When I go out to eat, I come home, and the the first We've, thing I'm like, yeah. I'm like, wow, there's police at my house. That's a great sign. We've terrified multiple sets of children with the threat of this burglar. By the way, oh god, multiple sets of children have been scared. And again, not one adult, nary an adult, has been told about this concern. <laughs> they have literally set up Home Alone booby traps. Nice. Oh, awesome. Okay. Cans in cool. front of windows, something, something with a fucking radio, and it wakes up the baby, but it certainly doesn't save us from a burglar. This sounds uh, better than what I read. So then the ending is that the prowler outside that they call the police on is not the phantom caller burglar dude. But a boy that has a crush on Claudia. Oh, oh wait, we need to stop for a PSA because <laughs> there's this theme in like older media where if you like this girl, you're going to like go to her house and look in the windows and stuff and it's somehow okay. And that's not okay. It's that's not, not okay, okay in any universe. What is the peeping thing? I do not understand the old timey obsession with peeping. It's gross and disgusting and highly no, wrong in many ways. <laughs> Also, nowadays, you can just follow them on TikTok or Snapchat. And you don't have to peep in their window. <laughs> They'll peep for you. They'll post they pictures. for you. With their yes. cleavage, you're fine. Yep. <sighs> so you're entirely correct. And the other PSA is, if you like a girl, maybe just be nice to her and ask her out instead of, quote, mm, yeah. tease her because yeah. you like her. So the end of this whole uh, fucking yeah. story is the person who's been prank calling her the entire time is the douchebag kid that picks on her in class all the time oh, because he wants to ask her to the dance. I was hoping we were going to get kind of like an R.L. Stein Goosebumps mashup here or something. sets of boys have been prank calling these girls because they can't get up the cojones to ask the girl out. And yet they steal their notebook, find out where they're going to be, look through the windows, and prank call them. Absolutely fucking not. (laughs) Minus five to everybody. And the worst part... Is at the end, and I posted a screen cap of this because I almost barfed in my mouth and had to swallow it again. When I was reading it is that, oh, I guess it's true what my mom says. They really do tease you when they like you. They really are teasing you because they like you. And then Mm -hmm. she says to the other one, yeah, but like Alan Butthole or whatever, you really like him? And she goes, (laughs) but Claudia, a boy likes me. 
as though it doesn't matter at all if he's desirable or nice or she likes him back. The mere fact that she is wanted by this male gaze of this 12-year-old idiot is enough. No, thank you, please. I was very annoyed. Okay. Yeah, that's great. See, if there was a body count, maybe I'd be into it. Yes! Yes! If it was a fucking fear street. (laughs) And then he ended up, I was here because I was trying to ask you to the dance, but I was too nervous, and then I killed the killer for you. Oh, okay. That's the, the police are there? Are the police, like, supervising this? Yeah, this they fucking da- take that. They, they give that kid a ride home to give him a talking to. But guess what? He's not in trouble because he's a mediocre white boy. So uh, everybody's mm-hmm. fine. I was very annoyed by that one. Yeah, that sounds great. Yep. <laughs> See, and I'm, then, oh, they end, is it like they all end and everything's happy? Is this yes. like, is it very yeah. episodic? That's, it that's what I remember. It's super episodic. It. So, the first chapter of every single one of them is like intro to whoever's reading it. The second chapter is the intro of the club as a general. They fucking re explain how it works every mm-hmm. time and they give mm-hmm. every single girl the rundown of who they are. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it Claudia. is the plot with the like subplot. Stacy. It's like they have to run out. Oh God! Do they do the, the like curtain. pose with the freeze? No, in the no, show? no. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine that. That's what it would be. So here's what I've decided: their personalities are very flat. I think I don't oh, know. Oh, hundred percent. They're like, cardboard cutouts. So All Claudia, Claudia has ADHD, and she's an artist, and she likes junk food. Mm-hmm. Don likes health food. That's pretty much her defining characteristic. Mm-hmm. Um, Marianne is Type A, and she has a protective dad. At some point, she gets a haircut. It's a big deal. <laughs> Jesse is black and dances ballet. They're like they were. They were a lot alike, except you know Jesse's black. They have to say it like that every time. I'm like, that's not cute. Yeah, I didn't read about Jesse. So then, this is my other thing. She's one of the junior yeah, members. Okay. Jesse and somebody else, and Monica Don. Mall- Mallory. Um, so is, whatever. Don comes in after Stacy goes. Yeah. But okay, then Stacy okay. comes back. Yeah. So here's my other thing. Why do groups of girls have to have an assigned personality where they're like the colors of the rainbow and they have to have very defined personalities? Do you ever hear that old joke that like in any group of friends, there's like the hot one, the slutty one, the nice one? Well, we've talked about this before. And actually, does it seem like there's actually a good thing here that there's no fat friend? There is no fat friend. See? That's that's Okay. Um, we talk a lot about what food we like, though, like a lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, but I, here's what I'm going to say. Like even Sex in the City, like they're very defined like characters. And I feel like these girls are that, too. I feel like when it's a group of boys, they just get to be a boys. They just get to be people. Hmm. They don't have to have like wearing a T-shirt that says like, I'm the quirky artsy one. And then like, <laughs> I'm the serious school one. <laughs> Janine? Like, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just a little bit something. I yeah. Noticed. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, maybe boys just have the fat friend. I don't know. Like... Yeah, that's like their only part. <laughs> and maybe they I'm do. thinking of Sandlot. Like, they I all, like am too. The Sandlot kids have, like, they have little things, like little quirks about them, but they're not the same. I don't know. I think they just get to be their own people more. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, whatever. Um, the, the, the characters in this are very flat. They don't really right. like they're just sort of those characteristics and it like that was the whole my big problem with this is that okay we went through some mediocre problems and everybody seems the same and then everything's back to fine at the end right like, okay. um the writing i thought is pretty mediocre maybe you're wondering mm-hmm. what i look like nah like, <laughs> like 
like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it just, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's some of that like phrasing and and sent, like, and they're like, well, you'd never know what it feels like to do this unless you had. I was like, really? <laughs> that's like what actual twelve year old. I mean, maybe she's doing a great job because that's what actual twelve year olds. Right? Yeah. Like, do they ever get older? No, it, are they no, they're like young? always in eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my mother, like- comma, the divorced Elizabeth Thomas, comma. <laughs> and then they're going to get married. And then it says, that means that when they get married, they'll be my stepbrother and stepsister. I'm like, oh, okay. oh there's a lot about that in the first book yeah. uh, with, with Watson. and. Well, so um, that's oh. with Christy, right? Because then I read yeah. the one where their parents get married and Christy manages yeah. to make that whole fucking thing about her. <laughs> Well, the first one it's all about, she's very pissed that Watson is going to come over and now be. So let me ask you this. Here's, and I, I go back and forth on this because it seemed very weird in the in the first original book. And then I read the graphic novel and it was maybe a little better and the show handled it. I do think there's a progression. If I have to compare all three, there were definitely updates. But the graphic novel, which came out in 2006, mm-hmm. very much updated some stuff. I mean, as a very like literal example, I think in the first book they spend like three dollars on pizza, and they update it to like five dollars in the graphic novel sure. or something weird, right? There is some, and and there's more um, content really, like actual stuff that they updated. And then in the series that just came out, they handle some of the things very differently in a good way. And I'll come back to something with her teacher, but in the original book, her mom is divorced. And it, we're told that she's been dating this Watson guy for a while. We don't mm-hmm. know how long. Okay? Yeah. And so Christy's super pissed about this. Doesn't want mm-hmm. her mom to be like, and whatever. And Watson comes over and they have a dinner of leftovers. And her mom asks all the kids to dress up. Christy has to go upstairs and put on a new dress. Well, she hates that shit. And so that her mom can announce that Watson has uh, um, asked her to marry him. Okay. But she hasn't agreed. And she just, and she like, so she makes them all dress up and then says, well, I haven't decided yet or something like that. Like Watson cracks a joke about how she hasn't let him buy her a ring yet. Because what? I'm she like, wants the kid's approval? I, this was like, well, okay, I guess you're being transparent, but also you're a, a whole own person. Like you don't like the, I don't know. It, it just is a kind of a, I can't imagine being like, oh, yeah, this dude asked me to marry him, but I haven't really decided yet. And she doesn't really I, – I don't know. It's just a weird thing. and I don't know how I feel about that whole scene. Christy gets pissed, and she gets sent up to her room then. And, of course, they end up, like, liking each other, Watson and Christy, by the end of the book. And now somehow it's okay. It's Right. It's, she makes but, mention of that a little. In the big day, she says, like, I think my mom's just excited that I – like after what a pill I was about Watson in the yeah. first place or something yeah, yeah. like, but it just seems like, and then later on she's like, Oh yeah, we're getting married and I'm engaged now. And I'm like, well, what was the whole point of the first? Like I keep going back and forth. Like, okay, you, you wanted to tell your kids about this big change maybe happening in their life, but also what? Like, <laughs> right. I don't know. But then, so the thing, the thing they updated for the the show that I actually thought was decent was I started reading the first one, and it starts with Christy, and it's almost the end of the school day. She's super hot, 
the like it's very hot outside the bell rings and she like jumps up stands up and cheers or something in complete exuberance that the day is over and her teacher gets pissed that she is excited the day is over sure. which p.s fuck off because every teacher is just <laughs> as excited when the goddamn day's over <laughs> can't come and, and so he starts to sort of berate her and then stops and then dismisses all the kids because he's a good teacher. He's not going to tell her off in front of everybody else. So then he talks to her about decorum. She needs to act with more decorum. Gross. And she doesn't know what that means. She's like, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. And uh, he's like, okay, but you need to write me an essay about decorum. Gross. And and I was like, okay, a hundred words. She jumped up. She was happy. Whatever. Then in the show, it changes a little bit in the book, but the, the graphic novel is almost a word-for-word translation of the original book. Okay. With some little changes. Sure. The show, she's straight up like, they wouldn't make a boy write an essay about decorum. <laughs> like, oh, the, that's amazing. The, the whole, it's not, she doesn't jump that up. That seems like a very 1986 thing to make a kid do, though. Yeah. She doesn't jump up. I mean, up. I don't know. He, the teacher gets pissed. We're only told from her perspective, but the teacher gets pissed because he's talking about how great Thomas Jefferson is. And she's like, well, why didn't he write all people instead of all men are created equal? And that's what she gets in trouble for. Oh, I love that. So I was like, okay. And like, I don't know. So the show does seem like we've, I've only watched the first episode, but it does seem like it's done some updates to the idea of the show. I will say. Or the book, sorry. To give it some credit. There's a whole book. The other book I read was about fucking like a miss, like a beauty pageant, like a children's beauty pageant, which is <laughs> oh, this is not gonna hideous. End well. No, it's okay because most of the girls are like, no, that's gross. They're sexist. Like every kid is like, really, yeah. Um, they they're not into it. Um, except. Oh, I have a giant note here. Paul, John Tuss has a secret passage. <laughs> so it must be in its own book because they've mentioned it in two of the books that I yeah. read, but they didn't talk about it. Before. Anyway, um, so, but they do. Like, Cla- Claudia says that she thinks they're sexist. Two of the girls refuse to assist in any way because they think it's sexist and bad. And then what happens is the girls mostly want, they, they all end up like, mentoring little girls it's for like younger girls than they are so they all end up mentoring girls that they babysit Hmm. and one girl legitimately wants to do it and the rest of them all kind of like find kids to help and it's really because they want to prove they're like the best babysitter so it's not like they're really buying into like doing the pageant stuff Mm -hmm. so i give it full credit for acting like it's bullshit and sexist and then the girl who's not the best wins because she's like a pageant head and she goes around and does all the pageants and she's not one of the characters that we really know about. Hmm. And they're all pissed off about it. And the girls who were like that it's a sexist farce at the end are kind of like, see, I mean, we fucking told you. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I give it credit for that because I thought that that was, was pretty good. The subplot in that is that Don's brother is having a lot of trouble at school and he keeps fighting and getting in trouble and he ends up confessing that's because he's really miserable to have had to move away from California and away from his dad. And they have this whole thing where he 
begs his mother to go home and his mother makes the decision to let him go back to California with the dad. And it's sad. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I do think I, I didn't read a lot of other, uh, books like this at this time other than a handful of sweet valley high i do think they tried to show like different family dynamics and i like kind of appreciated that that was hard like that was a hard thing to write about i thought it was pretty well done like the sister you know is really butthurt about it she's really sad but then she's happy for him because he's so much happier and you know but i also like that they're feeling they have those like shitty feelings that are they're like they're jealous of each other they're catty, they're mean, but they like get to kind of express it. So I, I kind of appreciate that because they don't always get to, you know, we don't always let girls express those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing that was terrible about that book, though, is that I listened to it. <laughs> and there's oh, a you're going to talk about the t- those people who read the book. Is this coming? People you said read somebody read the books and you're like, no, that wasn't yes, the case that's for it, that's this. Okay, okay, okay. So the person that read it was not Elle Fanning. It was somebody else. And I don't know if it's because they didn't have the rights to the songs, but there's a lot of songs in it because, like, it's the pageant and there, a lot of them are doing songs for their talent. Oh, oh. So this person, I should have queued it up in my audiobook. She wouldn't sing. She would do this weird voice where she'd be like, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. (laughs) It happened so much. And I was like mortified for everybody involved. That girl had to do that. I had to listen to it. It was some editor had to listen some, to it. Yes. Somebody directed her to do it that way. They probably oh, tried God. like four different ways, and that's what they ended up on. Whoa. Horrendous. It's really bad. Not. Claire began singing at the top of her lungs. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I live in a garbage <laughs> can. Claire, hold it down just a little, said Jessie, poking her head into the kitchen. Claire ignored her. I eat all the worms and spit out the germs. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. From the rec room. Wow. It's the I mean, it does take, you have to say, there's some legitimate talent that you have to use to be able to not sing that song properly. Right. Like, wow, that's impressive. And it's all of them that they sing are like songs like that, that you want to like <laughs> sing the words to Super. that you know. Awesome. Horrendous. A nightmare. Mm-hmm. But that one we do a lot, a lot of times. And okay. the other one that I didn't even mention is the other kid's talent is ready, unpeeling a banana with her toes and then eating it while she does the This is the House that Jack Built poem. And so every time they practice it, she's got banana in her mouth while she's saying it. So the girl has to read it as though she has banana in her mouth. It happens. Yes, it happens a ton, and I fucking hate it. Okay. So there's that. A lot of times in an audiobook, if there's some singing, the person will give it a stab. Mm -hmm. Like they'll try to sing. Not this bitch. It Mm. was rough. So now that makes me want to listen to the Lord of the Rings. Oh, they sing the Tom Bombadil. (laughs) 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 So that was rough. The other one I listened to was Marianne gets like a makeover and the Babysitter's Club becomes a total fucking club of mean girls for the entire book. Yeah, I could see that. They're super mean about it. They're mad and jealous because she gets pretty and gets attention and they make up a mean rumor about her. And that's what what the whole fucking book is about. Yes. 
And then they all become friends again at the end. Well, yeah, that happened. Yeah. Not cute. And she acts like an asshole, too. Everybody acts like an asshole. So I can't decide if that makes it good or not. Like, I appreciate that they get to, like, speak their own mind and have their own opinions and their feelings. Because, like, not all your feelings when you're 12 years old are charming. Not all your feelings when you're 38 are charming. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I kind of appreciate that in some ways. But also, they're definitely assholes to each other in this book. And they're... Not a lot of redeeming quality to that one. Oh, but mm. that whole subplot was that one of the kids was building a time machine like Marty McFly. Nice. Okay. So that was okay. Do you have any more to say about Babysitter's Club? I don't fucking think so. Yeah. I did appreciate that uh, Watson's next door neighbor. Oh, Morbid, morbid of Destiny. Morbid of Destiny <laughs> is, is pretty great. Um I think everyone should strive to be like the person in their neighborhood who owns the house that is the house that all the kids call the witch house. I'm pretty sure that's me. (laughs) (laughs) If kids in your neighborhood call your house the witch house, I think you've won something. You've succeeded. Yeah. Like that's when I get old and uh, my house has, you know, the weeds around it or or the sandlot. Like just be that creepy, weird old person in the neighborhood. But then you're really a sweetheart. I don't know. Morbid oh, of Destiny is pretty good. Morbid of Destiny is good. I have one more thing. So in the Christie's Big Day, the parents somehow, quote, have to get married within like a week. And oh, okay. So this yeah. somehow ends that's, up. I that's mean, the that's thing what that happened happens, to me. Yeah. Sure. Right. Um, and the thing that happens to the Babysitter's Club is that they need to babysit 14 children for five full days. What? And every, yeah. And every adult lets this happen it's because all these people descend on stony book farms or whatever the fuck i can't believe it's not that's Butterfield. definitely not it <laughs> i don't give a shit how it's come. so stony brick farm <laughs> fucking elena of avalor yeah. or whatever and they fucking for some reason they leave 14 children in the care of like five eight uh, eighth graders uh-huh. and they make like teams and there's name tags and they, the amount of babysitting discussion and descriptions of babysitting that happens in this book i was like falling asleep also <laughs> they take five boys two two-year-olds a three-year-old a six-year-old and an eight-year-old they take the babysitters eighth grade babysitters take these children to get haircuts for this wedding in no universe what? would you let that happen in no universe would you let these children dress up these other children for a wedding. There was so much impractical shit that would never happen in real life, even in the 80s. They're making <laughs> bank, though. 14 kids for five days. They That's good money. made like $300. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and one more thing. I wrote, started to write down Claudia's outfits, so I'll just share one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claudia's outfit in this particular scene was a black leotard and skin-tight red pants. Under a white shirt that was so big it looked like a lab coat, on which she had painted designs with acrylic paint. How else, Beth, would I know that she's the arty one unless she's, she's wearing kooky stuff? Like the amount has- of Claudia. So there, I tried to find this for you because a million years ago there was a website, and I think it used to be called Claudia's Closet, and maybe it was something else, but it was a girl who was rereading them and she would make fun of them and she put pulled out all the ridiculous clothing descriptions and it, i couldn't find it it must be shut down but in in honor of that website from a million years ago i had to give you at was least it, one claudia was it a geocities website Beth? <laughs> probably or an angel fire you never know. <laughs> right 
that chick was funny and that's basically what we do now just not in blog form Mm -hmm. so anyway claudia's outfits are bonkers yep so uh what is your judgment on babysitters club (laughs) no thank you (laughs) no I would, I would be if you curious thought, you think to have you read the graphic okay? novels. Yeah, I, I, I do. I also think they're they're. And I, I don't think this. I know that they're incredibly popular. Um, we have lots and lots of kids still reading them. They're from 2006, and they're still right. Right. I'm not opposed to my kids reading them if they come across them and they're interested in it. I yeah. don't. I mean, I think there's a certain kind of child who's going to want to read about babysitters i was not that kid i don't know if my kids will be that kid but i would give them the graphic novels for sure i I would definitely say babysitters club novels are like we could not like it's a no for me yeah but um the the graphic novels wait what did i just say yeah the graphic novels (laughs) are, are seem fine they've been updated somewhat they probably need more updating i think the show seems like it has a a promising start at least compared to the yeah. books there was uh, an so. hbo movie too in which alex mack played uh don <laughs> okay. but yeah I, I mean there's no reason i need to pull these out sorry sorry um my sister heidi who <laughs> <laughs> heidi if you're listening uh i need you to call me and tell me if you think you'd still read a babysitter's club book yeah heidi yeah heidi um mm-hmm. yeah so that's it for us if you are listening and enjoying this and also if you think you know my trivia question for you which is what stephen king character used barrel black beauty pencils you can find us on twitter at nerd Cannon. thanks everybody for listening thanks to joe costanza for writing our theme song join us on patreon at patreon.com slash nerd we will see you soon anything else i think that's it okay until next time Keeps the nerd alive. That's right.